a little over two years ago, we moved into our new parish offices and built our Sacred Heart Adoration Chapel. Shortly after that move, a member of our parish finance council at one of our monthly meetings asked me if we have any kind of long-term strategic plan for the parish. Not just facilities and finances, but also things like evangelization and discipleship. I responded very candidly to the question and said, no, not really. But after that meeting, I thought and told them, let's take some time and think that question through regarding some type of long-term strategic plan in those areas. And so over these past two years now, that's what we have been doing. What occurred to us during this planning process is that the year 2027 is a historic year for our parish as we celebrate our 150th anniversary. And so what we are presenting to you here this weekend are a number of priorities and goals to help carry out a parish vision for both now and many generations to come. Our parish was founded in 1877. Our first church building was a few blocks west of here on Main Avenue. Our second church building is the one we're in today, right here on Broadway, built in 1898. Now we knew from the beginning of this process that we needed to first verify the overall integrity of our 124-year-old church structure. And so we did. We hired a team of professional structural engineers, and in March of 2021, they completed a full-scale structural evaluation of our church building. Their conclusion, after looking at the foundation, the steeple, the bell tower, the roof, literally everything they could look at, their conclusion was that our roof framing system is vastly deficient. And their analysis shows that our roof rafters are overstressed by as much as 626%. Now I know that the term roof framing system isn't something you use every day and neither do I until recently. And so allow me to explain a little bit what it means that our roof framing system is vastly deficient. This photo was taken by the engineers from the bell tower looking north. You'll notice our state capitol here, 8th Street right here. You'll notice some snow. You'll also notice our crooked cross. By the way, once in a while after our North Dakota windstorms, we'll get a phone call that says, hey, your cross is crooked after all the wind this weekend. We found a picture from 1990. The cross hasn't moved. <laughs> the wind can't move it. So maybe we'll fix that too. But the point of this picture isn't any of that. The point is to show you this west transept here. 
this west transept is the roof right above this area. The reason this show, photo shows this transept and features it is because of the sloping of this transept down towards the main roof line shown by this red arrow. That transept is sloping and so is the east one into the center of the church. Now the reason that's happening according to the engineers is again everything in our church structurally is original over 120 years old all the wood all the lumber original and over these last 120 years in the rafters what has happened is a lot of the lumber has split literally split in half and a lot of the main connecting points have also pulled apart the resulting of that wood splitting and connecting points pulling apart is a shifting transept as you see here and as is on the east side of the roof as well. Now the implications of that, I'm a very simple minded person and the engineers explain this for my simple mind. My hand repre represents the A-frame of our church. So it's an A-framed church, this is the A-frame. What our roof right now is wanting to do because of our deficiencies in it is our roof is wanting to go flat. That is the momentum of our roof. It is wanting to go flat. And as it's wanting to go flat, it is pushing our walls literally out. In terms of inside evidence of this pushing, you may have noticed over the years the cracking, for example, throughout the church, most noticeably above our statue of the Blessed Mother right around the corner here. That cracking again is from the roof pushing down and pushing out our walls. Now that's the bad news. Don't worry, there is some good news in all of this. And the good news would be this. Our engineers have put together a fully engineered plan to reinforce the roof and we have contractors that are ready to begin. So back to my hand example to indicate what the contractors will do with this engineered plan. Here's our roof. They will reinforce existing conditions, existing components that have split. They will reinforce that with steel plating and also a cabling system. And so our reinforced roof, back to the example, if you could imagine for a moment taking this reinforced roof off of the top of the church setting it on the ground, and now because of these reinforcements, the roof no longer wants to go flat. The roof is now self-sufficient, and hence taking all the pressure off these walls. That's what this plan is designed to do. Now, most of the work they need to do is up in the attic. You won't even notice it down here below. It's all up in the attic, with four exceptions. These four corners. This one, that one, that one, and that one, where the transepts connect to the main body of the church. Now why are those four corners not going to be fixed from above? If this is our wall, this is the roof line meeting the wall. Where this connection point is, where the top of the wall meets the roof, this connection point has also been compromised has also pulled apart. And so part of the plan is to reinforce these very important connections. 
And the only way to access this connection point, top of the wall, roof line, the only way to access that, to get to it, to make these repairs, is from the inside, is from inside the church. And so part of the plan will be to take down some of the ceiling tile right around where the crown molding is, and also some of the wall finish at the top to give, us, to give the contractors access to those points and complete this fully engineered plan. Now, once we discovered and learned that repairs would impact the inside of our church, that then led itself to an entirely new conversation. Might it also be the right time to make some updates inside the church? Over our church's history, we have had several renovations. This picture shows the church in 1951. This picture is from the 1970s. And most recently, the last update in this space was completed almost 30 years ago in 1994, the church we know of today. What we are excited to propose to you here this weekend ties in some of our church's history. It also offers many important updates. Here is what we are proposing. So let me highlight a few things. I know it's a lot to take in. Let me highlight a few things. First, in the sanctuary, way in the back, you'll notice this. This is our back altar slash tabernacle. It will replace the current wood and maroon panels that are behind our tabernacle and also allow us to have a crucifix above the tabernacle. I'll show you a close-up so you can get a better idea. It's hard with a 2D image. So this is what that would look like. Now, part of this image, you'll recognize the part in red, is part of our original back altar, our original high altar, with the Last Supper scene on front and the tabernacle on top. That is part of the original church. We are keeping that, and we still have it today in the sanctuary. What the contractors will do is keep that and then build everything around it, as seen here, plus add the crucifix above the tabernacle, and that will be in the back area of our sanctuary. Now, out in front of that, where the main altar currently is, will be a new main altar as well, where mass will be celebrated. So the arrangement of the sanctuary is gonna be the same. Main altar, where the main altar is, and then this back altar tabernacle where the back area is, just to be clear on that. You'll also notice in this rendering on each side the restoration of our side altars on the left and right. The Blessed Mother on the left, and so the statue you see there is the original statue from our church. We still have it. It's right around the corner once again. We will keep that statue and the contractors will build a new side altar to the left side, right back behind me. Then on the right side, 
our Sacred Heart of Jesus statue that we still have that's currently in the back of the church. That will be moved back to its original location for a side altar on the right, back behind the ambo. So those are just a few features, and again, there's much more, and so let me highlight also a few changes that will be made in the back area of the church as well. This rendering will show you them. So a couple points on this. First, you'll notice here a baptismal font. We will be constructing a new baptismal font to match everything else that we have in the sanctuary that will be relocated in its original location as you enter the church from the back. You'll also notice over here, our confessional will be expanded to give us more accessibility and a little bit more room. We'll add an additional new confessional back here. You'll still access the church behind there. There's still room, but that's where this new confessional will go. And then up in the choir loft music area, we'll make a few updates as well. Plus a few additional updates just to list them out. First, additional lighting throughout the church. New paint on our walls and ceiling. New flooring. Refinishing our pews and updating our kneelers. A full color painting of the Stations of the Cross. Updating the sacristy. Updating the men's and women's restrooms. And also adding additional handicapped seating over there now that the baptismal font will no longer be in that location. So additional handicapped seating will remain. Now, in order to complete this work and much more, what we are introducing this weekend is a $3 million capital campaign that will allow us to make these necessary roof repairs as well as complete the restoration of our church and we've included the restoration of the original 1918 rectory as a priest residence. So setting a $3 million budget, we believe, will allow all of these things to happen, plus much more. Now, I know this is a lot of information for you here this weekend. So what we'll be providing for you very soon is a 20-page capital campaign booklet that gets into all the details that we don't have time for here this morning about our various priorities and goals. So this booklet will be a great resource for you. I do want to make a couple of important points about our campaign. First, our campaign will be completed in-house, meaning no outside fundraising or consulting firm will be hired. The reason we want to highlight that is we want you to be assured and to know that every gift given to this campaign stays right here towards these priorities and towards these goals. Second, we're mo most likely to accomplish our goal of $3 million with five-year pledges from now out to 2027 when we have our 150th anniversary. So five-year pledges is how we're encouraging giving towards this campaign. We have developed a traditional campaign pyramid with different levels of giving. Each level of giving shown here in a few moments is a total gift given over a five-year time period. And I'll walk through that now. So for a $3 million campaign, 
we have identified a lead gift for this campaign. A lead gift would be $250,000. $50,000 per year. So a gift of $250,000, $50,000 per year. We will eventually need three of them to reach three million. We are very grateful for the one lead gift we have received at this point. Very grateful. The next level of giving is $100,000. So this would be $20,000 per year for five years. We will need five of them. And we are very grateful, once again, to have received seven. Seven $100,000 gifts have been given. Next level of giving, $50,000, $10,000 per year for five years. We'll need 10. We've secured six. Next, $25,000, $5,000 per year. We'll need 15. We've secured 11. Next level of giving, $10,000, $2,000 per year. We'll need 20. And we have secured 20 of those. And then next level of giving, $5,000, $1,000 per year. We will need over 100 of them. And we've secured five. And then many gifts, less than that amount as well. So this weekend, with 50 pledges to date, we have secured a total of $1,750,000 with 50 pledges, which is 58%, 58% of our $3 million goal. So we feel we are off to a great start with this campaign. Now, because of these commitments that we've already secured, Bishop Kagan and the diocese has given us permission to move forward with the following timeline and next steps. So these would be our next steps. Here in 2022, we're just days away from celebrating the great Thanksgiving holiday. A week from today, we begin the season of Advent. Five weeks from now is Christmas. We'll get through the new year, get into 2023. And in mid-January, we will begin renovations of the church and making those necessary and important roof repairs. Two months from now, we will begin. In order to complete our work most efficiently, we will be taking six months, six months from mid-January all the way through early July to close the church building to complete this work. During this time, our weekend parish masses will be held at the Our Lady of Victory Chapel on the campus of St. Mary's Central High School in North Bismarck. We will provide much more information and many more details about our move up there for those six months as we get closer to that time. So back to our timeline here for a moment. So again, mid-January to begin the work here in the church and the roof repairs, that work will coincide with one another. It will happen at the same time. January 14th and 15th will be our last weekend of Masses here at the church, here at the parish, before we begin our renovation work. So again, January 14th and 15th will be our last weekend here. The following weekend, the weekend of January 22nd through July 2nd, our weekend Masses will be held once again at St. Mary's Central High School. During that time, we will not be having any 
parish daily masses. We encourage those of you who go to daily mass to attend one of our other local parishes in Bismarck Mandan. And also any parish funerals that we have will be held at Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck. So what's next for all of us? We invite and encourage you to attend our upcoming 150th anniversary Commitment Weekend. The weekend of Saturday, December 10th and Sunday, December 11th, three weekends from this weekend. It'll be held in our multi-purpose room following each of our four weekend masses. Now at our Commitment Weekend event, those who attend will be able to make and be given the opportunity to make a multi-year pledge or a one-time gift. There'll also be time to ask questions about the plans and learn more details about the project because there's a lot more that it's hard to get into in our time frame here this morning. So we wanted to set aside time for you to be able to come and learn much more and ask questions about our project and our priorities and goals. One other note on our commitment weekend, we have a goal for that weekend, a commitment weekend goal, and that would be to secure 100 individual $5,000 pledges. Let me explain for a moment the reason this is our goal and what a $5,000 pledge commitment looks like. So on an annual basis, a $5,000 pledge over five years is $1,000 per year. On a monthly level, a $5,000 pledge is $83.33 per month. On a weekly level, a $5,000 pledge is $19.23 per week. Less than $20 per week for five years is a $5,000 pledge. Now, the reason we set that as a commitment weekend goal is because we firmly believe that we have hundreds of families here at our parish who would be able to make a $5,000 pledge commitment. And so I ask you to prayerfully consider helping us reach that goal for our commitment weekend. For additional information about our campaign in this weekend's bulletin, we have provided an insert about our commitment weekend. So please be sure to take one and learn more about our commitment weekend and plan to attend. Uh, secondly, earlier I mentioned the booklet. Each household is encouraged and invited to take home a capital campaign booklet which has additional details about the project. Uh, we do ask one booklet per household, so we have enough for everyone. And so on your way out here this morning, our hospitality ministers will be providing you with one of these. So please take one home today to learn more about our campaign and our preparations for our anniversary. And then also you can visit our parish website, stmarysbismarck.org slash 150. It's up and running with more information and more updates about the campaign. So I do want to thank you in advance for your support, for your generosity, for your love and devotion to our parish. And I also ask a favor of you. I would ask that you please join me in thanking God ahead of time for the many blessings and graces that we will receive both now and in these very exciting years ahead. <laughs>